I was realizing that five minutes is a really short time to bring a big question like that from an abstract place to a practical place. So just want to thank you all in advance for listening to me and bear with me. Um, so as I said, the content of my talk is something that I've been thinking about quite a lot since I entered college four years ago. Um, so it's a joy to me to be able to share these thoughts with all of you. Um, the reading that I chose was Genesis from Genesis chapter 3. Now the snake was the most cunning of all of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He asked the woman, Did God really say you shall not eat from any of the trees in the garden? The woman answered the snake, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. It is only about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, You shall not eat it or even touch it or else you will die. But the snake said to the woman, You certainly will not die. God knows well that when you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you will be like gods who know good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes, and the tree was desirable for gaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. So many of you will know the rest of the story. The men and women are cast out of Eden because they disobeyed God and ate the hidden tree of knowledge. Um, and I just read that, that was chapter 3 of Genesis, but in the preceding chapter it reads, The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and placed there the man that he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made grow every tree that was delightful to look at for, and good for food, with the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a few verses later, the Lord God gave the man this order. You are free to eat from any of the trees of the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. From that tree you shall not eat, for when you eat of it, you shall die. I've always been really fascinated with this part of Genesis, the story of the expulsion from the Garden of Eden, the first temptation and the fall of man. You don't have to read the Bible literally or even be particularly religious to understand how beautifully insightful this ancient Jewish cosmogony is, or the depth of human nature and human experience that we have a story of beginnings with two humans in Eden, with these two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. And the man listens to the serpent and eats from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so, what I think happens here is that the man and woman in Eden mistakenly equate what they are to gain from the tree of knowledge. The understandings of the dimensions of morality and of the understandings of God with the power and eternal nature of God. And so, they gain this understanding of the world and of the moral lodged into it, and yet they're not the authors or the enactors of the law, and so this knowledge does not make them powerful in the way that they thought that it would. Now, I want to call your attention to the second tree mentioned in the story, because next to the tree of knowledge was a tree of life. And if you read the rest of the Bible, this tree is identified with wisdom. The United States Catholic Conference of Bishops writes that the tree is identified with wisdom where the pursuit of wisdom gives back to human beings the life that is made inaccessible to them in the third chapter of Genesis. And so, in thinking about this, about our common search for knowledge, I think that no one describes this one of the greatest paradoxes of human experience better than the ancient Hebrew authors of the Bible. And I would venture to say that this search for knowledge in all forms, whether it's math or biology or physics or philosophy, is, whether we recognize it or not, a search for the truth of life and for the wisdom that is life-giving gives back to human beings the life that was rejected at the beginning of time. And so, why is it important to do academic work and research and to 
actively seek knowledge. Uh, because no matter how prosaic that bacterial culture seems, it gives us one more little piece of truth. And so does understanding that snippet of poetry or that translation of sacred text. And just as we know that these subjects, although we draw lines of distinction between them, can never truly be separated, so we instinctively think I know that there is a more full truth, is, that a more full truth is found when we look at these separate types of knowledge in light of each other. So I originally thought that I would have time to talk about how we gain and process the knowledge that we receive from the many experts who make up our home here at Harvard in light of the fact that many students already have strong belief systems and cultural identities. I realize now that five minutes is probably far too short to unpack this, but I really hope that I've introduced a topic that we could probably be preoccupied the rest of our lives with pondering over. I'm Catholic, in case you haven't picked up on that one by now, but I think that everyone, regardless of religion or lack of religion, who searches for knowledge, searches for truth. And there's a renowned Catholic philosopher who's a professor at Boston College named Peter Kreeft, and he once said that God never said no atheist can go to heaven, he said those who seek will find. And maybe you're not looking for heaven or God, but regardless of what you seek, always seek learning, because as a famous human rights lawyer once said, the minute we call ourselves experts in something, we close ourselves off to the possibility of new discovery. And it's only through the continuous pursuit of wisdom that we can achieve the fullness of life that we lost in the Garden of Eden. Thanks so much. Let's pray. God, give us wisdom and knowledge where it's your will. Leave us in history when it serves us to your end. Make us equally open to both. Amen. Let's pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our
bless and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God favor you.